Hi, I'm Theo. And I'm Scarlett. And welcome to the Theo's Book Club podcast, where we talk about queer books. And singer and dancer David Usher. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about A Strange Loop by Michael R. Jackson. Make sure you check out our website, theosbookclub.com, where you can read more of Theo's thoughts on the play, you can find a link to get your own copy of it, and you can join our conversations in the forum. If you're like Scarlett and prefer to read with your ears, you can check out theosbookclub.com audible, where you can sign up for a free trial and listen to all your favorite books. That's theosbookclub.com A-U-D-I-B-L-E to start your free trial. And the best part is, you get a free book download you can keep forever if you enjoy this please share it with your friends and family uh hit the like button perhaps subscribe even now off to the episode queer books and queer topics and queer people that won't stop talking so read and chat it up at theo's book club how are you today scarlet i'm good why <laughs> this <laughs> seems loaded <laughs> loaded i'm just asking how your day is okay good all right, so uh, we failed on the first question. That's great. Uh, no, I didn't fail. Dude, oh. That's not that's not a pass fail. I can't do that. I can't answer that one wrong. You just asked me how I was. But then you were very taken aback by it. Well, I was just confused by your concern. Everyone's going to think <laughs> I hate you because you were shocked by me asking how your day was. Okay. Um, so our our book today is actually a play called A Strange Loop. Oh, so it's not a book. No, well, it's, I mean, it's pub- it did win a Pulitzer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did Bob Dylan. Didn't Bob Dylan win a Pulitzer? <laughs> Maybe. For a song lyrics or something. That's not a book. All right. So we have to do what we always do. So you actually get two chances today to identify the plot by its cover because we have oh, the original logo. Covers. Yeah. But oh. I also, I actually did get to see A Strange Loop on Broadway a couple months ago. That's so not a book. <laughs> You're doing really well today, Scarlett. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have the playbill from... The show. So you actually get two shots. So let's start with the original cover. This is the published version of the play before it transferred to Broadway. So it was at a different school. <laughs> okay. What is this musical about? Oh, curious. Um, Looking at it, I'm seeing a lot of repetition. Okay. I feel like it's going to be about... Um, <laughs> I know. I feel like it's going to be one of those things, one of those like metaverse kind of things where it's like the thing repeats, but then it's different. And you're like, why is this loop so strange compared to the last loop? Oh, interesting. So in your mind, he's like reliving the same thing. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's like Groundhog okay. Day, except except it. Oh, I guess it does change in Groundhog Day each day because he changes it. But in this case, each day changes, but it's not him. Like something else about the day changes. For the people at home who have seen Groundhog Day a few times, that made perfect sense. And I just know you haven't watched it. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Right, okay. I also know what it's actually about. Oh. So I'm like processing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm comparing and contrasting in my head. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can do that. What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Scarlett, you actually get one more shot at that did incredible. I not get it, did I not get it right the first time? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Oh. Um, huh. But you do. Let's see if this gives you more insight. So this is the current like Broadway logo cover that they use on these gorgeous gorgeous playbills you get another shot this is more confusing <laughs> okay this because this is just sort of the silhouette of a person's head and mm-hmm. then six other people just like posing right so in from this picture i don't know what the loop would be okay except for maybe the o's in the <laughs> word loop 
Oh, but one's one's more oval. I feel like I'm in a kindergarten class. I'm like, good job, Scarlett. There are O's on the page. You got it right. I did really good in kindergarten. So yeah, I bet. I hate you. Okay. Um, I have honestly, based on this picture, not a clue. No idea what this show is about. Okay, so the silhouette is is Usher. Okay, the character's name is Usher, and he David he, Usher. <laughs> How did I know you're gonna say something like is that? Is that his first name? No, his name is Usher, and he's also an Usher at Who's... The Lion King on Broadway. No, I'm talking about the singer. I'm talking about the show we're talking about. No, but about. is the singer's first name David? I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, you were saying? We're gonna have to get that fact checked. <laughs> um, Please comment. So his name is Usher, and he's a Disney Usher. He works, he's an Usher at Lion King on Broadway. Oh, that's one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies things where like if you name your child doctor, they'll become a doctor. Sure. It's also a part of the strange loop, right? I think that's part. I think that's kind of the okay. the reference. There. Um, what's the loop? The loop is that he's writing a musical about him writing a musical about him writing a musical. So what we're watching is like uh, very meta experience. We're oh, like watching the, the thing loop. he's writing, which is what he's writing, which is what he's writing. Mm. You know, that feels like a lot of essays I wrote in drama school. Was just you writing about meta, what you're writing meta about? theatricality. Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain that a bit? Actually, uh, it's like when there's like a world and then they reference another world outside of the world. I passed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's quite what this is. but that's Well, no, because I haven't seen the show. I don't know what it's about. I just told you. Okay. <laughs> it's um, okay. Well, you get another shot I at the end. You get another shot at the end. I actually remember what you said. Okay. So no, oh, no, no. He's the usher and he's writing a show. So like the whole premise is that he is like a music theater writer. So he's like, we're watching him write the show we're watching. Oh, yeah. and it it's the one you're watching? Yeah. Oh. So like we're watching him write a musical about him writing a musical about him writing a musical. Like it, it's a never ending. That's the strange loop, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? And what part is gay? Well, he's gay. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the big thing. Okay. So if it was called a gay loop, would it make more sense to you? I would imagine sort of a circle of men. Mm. <laughs> we'll write that one. We'll write, we'll write a gay loop. You can. Okay, you don't want any part of that. I'm good. I do want to give a shout out, because I am a theater kid, um, to Understudy. So when I saw this on Broadway, I actually saw Edwin Bates play the role of Usher, and they were incredible. I want to give a huge shout out to Understudies. They are the backbone of theater. They good keep... job, Edwin. Good, good job, Edwin. Good job, all Understudies. I didn't see it. They were fantastic. I loved them. Okay, so... um. Just going back quickly. Okay, yeah. I <laughs> no problem. Still don't fully understand what the sh- what happens in the show. So it's Usher kind of like talking about his experience as like a queer person navigating the world, a black person navigating his world. In in the midst of that, he's that's what he's like struggling with, like writing in the show. He's like, do I write what I know? Do I write about my own experience? Mm. But what he's writing is what we're watching. Right. We're watching him write the musical that he's and it's writing all at the same time. All at the same time. Wow. And mm-hmm. and this is going to sound like a wild question. Oh, no, but, your questions never. <laughs> but as it's happening. Yeah. You uh, understand what's happening? Yeah, like it's oh, okay. it's a, it's a through line, but oh. but the like the layer is that he's writing what we're currently watching. Like okay. through he's very, like throughout the show he's like I'm writing a musical called A Strange Loop right now. Okay. And like people in the show ask him about what his show is about and and it's very like this. It's like, well, it's about a guy like writing musical, about writing musical, about writing musical. So good. This actually brings me to my next talking point. Writing what you know. 
this is a thing that we like say all the time and we hear people say and it's like a cliche now too in movies like tick tick boom right at the, at the very end of the movie the agent gets on the phone and says write I, what you I know I did not see that okay you have to watch that, <laughs> that movie I've seen the video of Lin-Manuel Miranda singing it <laughs> you're so off track and Karen Olivo I like her okay Anyways, <laughs> you're so off track. I'm, I'm unsure of their pronouns. The point is that we see this often in in like media and stuff, right? Like, write what you know, write what you know. So mm. that is kind of the backbone of this show. Right. We are watching what is a personal experience happen okay. on stage. And a lot of comments about like, I, I struggle with like writing, you know, the truth. Like maybe I'm scared to write the truth. Or maybe I'm scared to live the truth. This actually brings me to one of my favorite quotes in the show. If you're not scared to write the truth, then it's probably not worth writing. And if you're not scared of living the truth, then it's probably not worth living. Can you say it one more time? I yeah. was distracted by the book in my hand. Yeah, maybe stop reading the program when I'm reading quotes to you. That would be okay. Very okay, helpful. one more okay. time. One Ready, more time. Set, go. Okay. If you're not scared to write the truth, then it's probably not worth writing. And if you're not scared of living the truth, then it's probably not worth living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, get it. Work. Work. Slay. How do you feel about that? I've had experience writing like my own experiences. Writing them is cathartic, but also like it lets me look at like how I'm living and how I'm like reacting to the world differently. Like it, it informs both like the, what I'm writing, but also the thing, like how I'm experiencing it in my real life as well. It like redefines maybe my relationship. Like if I'm writing about my parents, for example, it's cathartic to process maybe stuff that happened in the past, but it also is like lets me look at our relationship in the current time mm -hmm. differently because I've process while writing it right it's hard it is hard to face the truth on things like that how do you feel about that i think that's true to a certain extent like certainly it's therapeutic it's cathartic all of these things but i guess my question is if if you're writing it mm -hmm. because it's scary right that's great go ahead write it but how much of that do you share then you mean like write it because you mean to write it and not because you're trying to write something scary is that what you mean no i mean like go ahead you have this experience you want to write about it go write your book now but like do you publish that book oh i see what you're saying why not i don't know well i guess i guess it depends to the degree which you've written it maybe for like catharsis versus like mm. Like, I'm using like, my own experience to to like how to really ground the plot. Yeah, of this like the difference story. between like like art therapy and then like inspire like art therapy where you're actually processing something, and then like I've used this experience as inspiration for this other thing. Yeah, that is art, not yeah. therapy. Exactly. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm if I'm correct, and because I've 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 read some interviews with Michael R. Jackson, this is not like a completely autobiographical account of right. their experience. Also, so it's not like they just wrote their life, and I think that's kind of a misconception with the show is a lot mm. of people thought it was Michael R. Jackson's like life on stage. And he's, I think it's things that he's experienced as a black queer person, mm -hmm. but it's not like his ag actual life on stage. So right. I think that's maybe the line even for himself or themselves um, is, you know, like I can put my experience into this, but not also write my life. Mm -hmm. And that's something maybe I've experienced as well too. I can use my experiences, but I'm not just like cut and dry writing like the Theo story, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I agree with everything you've just said. Great. That's that's a first. Yeah, actually. Let's take a little break. Do you wear clothes? How about shirts? This is a really cool one from everybody on stage. They're sick. Watch this. 
Wow! You've never seen someone put on a shirt like that before. If you want to get one of these cool shirts, go to everybodyonstage.com slash Theo and use the code Theo for 20% off. Theo's doing it. Did you have a nice break, Scar? Yeah, it was really relaxing. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about with this... Actually, I realized that for the first half of this uh, episode, I was calling it a play, and I'm now that person that called a musical a play. <gasps> it, yeah. <laughs> I know. Loser! Yeah, I'm a big... What a big dumb. I'm a big dumb. You're wow. right. Wow. I can't believe I did Everyone that. Everyone point and laugh. I, I'm like, I, I. people are going to be like, you're not theater kid. I promise I am. I don't know why I did that. I didn't even clock it either because I'm well, like... Because you're not a theater kid. <laughs> Okay. No, but I was like looking at this and going, ah, oh, yes, play. There's no music here. Is book. <laughs> is book. Is book. Scarlet's official review of A Strange Loop is, is book. book. Which is a 180 from where we started the pod. Because at first I was like, is book. But is book. What well, is musical. Okay. Sure. For those who have not read a, a play or a, or a musical script before, it's kind of written so that you can see which character is saying which lines. The things that are completely in capitals are actually lyrics. If it's capitalized, that's how you know to shout it. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, yeah. But like singing is like kind of shouting, but it's not, do you know what I mean? So when you're reading A Strange Loop, just so you know, I actually highly recommend listening to the album while you read it, um, the, the Broadway cast recording. I also think there is an off-Broadway cast recording too, so you have two options. Um, they're both incredible. If it's in capital letters, there are lyrics that is being sung in this song. If they are written as you would normally see it, it's a spoken line of dialogue. The script actually tells you when the song starts. Like, it'll be like song number one, intermission song. So Oh, so you can play along with the CD at home. Yeah, sometimes it actually is my pet peeve when scripts don't put, like, when the song starts. They'll just start, like, writing lyrics. But I like that it tells you, like, this is now a song. Especially because so much dialogue is intermixed with the singing in the show. You kind of, it's easier to, it's more palatable, I think. Mm. So if, if, especially if you are just reading it without listening to it. You can kind of see the breakdown and see where like songs are starting and, and kind of morphing into dialogue as well. It's a great experience, even if you don't listen to it. I obviously, <laughs> I love music and I love Broadway. So I do highly recommend listening to it. But this can obviously be enjoyed um, just reading as well. There's some incredible lyrics that read like poetry if you're not, you know, listening to the song being sung. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of like reading one to two words a page and you should yeah. actually probably just read the whole thing so yeah. it makes sense. If you, if you read more than two <laughs> words a page, you're going to get some really good stuff. Um, but one theme I did want to talk about in the show is religion. Usher does struggle a lot with like talking about leaving religion behind and maybe, you know, and, and knowing people that go back to religion after leaving it. And that's been a bit of my experience, not like not going like being raised very Catholic mm. and kind of like realizing my queerness and and maybe um, didn't feel like I fit in and kind of right. left that behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about anything? Do you have any feelings about that or religion or or maybe how you fit into religion? Well, tell me more about this first, because I want to know more of the context before I start just right. What? what religion just like any old religion does he practice all the religions is no. it what I is actually, it i don't specifically i don't know him? i don't know his specific um, oh like denomination of religion you saw the play and at no point it they was... didn't say like we're catholic they didn't say we're okay. christian okay um so i don't know the actual denomination no but it's... i'm saying i'm saying like christianity is an overarching thing like it's christian not muslim it's not jewish it's oh, okay so christian so it's i'm assuming christian, christian. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay 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 i so think what you, you need to, to say? i think you need to have an education on what christian is and what denomination means right 
Well, denominations of Christianity. Right. And I'm just asking because I was raised Catholic, I I always have hesitated using the word Christian. So that's not how I see Christianity. Oh, oh, that's the problem. Christianity just means like people who follow Christ in whatever, like Catholicism right. would be a denomination of Christianity. Right. Christianity is the top word. And I then just it because goes I've into... never used Christianity to describe my religion, I think mm-hmm. I I I don't. I, th- I thought of it as an umbrella term, so I don't, I'd never knew if that was like disrespectful to denominations of Christianity to just label it as Christian. No, you know not, at all. not at all. No, because they're all because they they're all Christ. Yeah, but I was raised saying like Roman Catholic is what I'm saying. Because do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, because Catholics like to <laughs> exactly. call themselves as something different. Is, they like the like this elitism. Is, this is of the it. problem with my relationship with religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the you would like to be elite? <laughs> Can you tell I was raised? We have Protestant? to cut all of this out. <laughs> no, no, this is interesting. Conversation. Is it interesting? Yeah, I think it's fascinating how like different Christians like either won't call themselves Christian or like are like I'm Christian but I'm like this subset. I think it's weird how how Christians divide themselves. Yeah, clearly I I don't. When it's all like I was raised incredibly Catholic and like It's I like was the like, same book call, uh, yeah. unless you're from Utah. But <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, just yeah, yeah. it's just interesting to me. Yeah. I think the point I was trying to make with the show is I think what the point is that what I connected to as a queer person is is kind of leaving that behind. Okay. So okay. in my mind I was like it doesn't even matter the religion at this point. I like I was like, oh, I connected this part of the show because due to my queerness, I've also felt othered by the church. Mm. I've also left God behind in a sense, right? I've turned my back to God as Usher says. And have you ever had an inclination to return to not necessarily like the Catholicism that you know, but like to some aspect of religion? Is there like any aspect of it that you miss? See, this is the um, interesting thing. No. (laughs) I guess maybe organized religion is what is kind of like, you know, I mean, obviously I would love if we all kind of adhered to like be nice to each other. Right. Just like be a good person. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I don't yeah. want to be with, I don't think I'm without belief, but I think maybe this kind of like organized. What do, you, what do you believe in? <laughs> what do I believe in? Yeah. I actually, I don't know. I don't, I don't think as friends we've ever actually even had this conversation. I know. I think, I think getting older, you I'm realizing. In, you believe I, in old people? Yeah. <laughs> the elderly oh, yeah that's my belief no i think getting older i think it's i'm realizing that it's okay to just like not know yeah i think that's where i'm at right now i'm just like i actually don't really know faith-wise what my belief system is mm. and like i feel content with that for like the first time right oh that's sick because i don't because i don't know how how on earth am i meant to explain right any kind of higher whatever yeah, whether yeah, yeah. it be any, a different religion or no religion or if we're in a you know, the, the matrix, like, uh, wh- what am I to see here or say or prove? Mm-hmm. I think it maybe just I've been scarred by organized religion. Yeah. That I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't deal with that. I don't want to put fair. my, I don't want to like come up with a faith system that I'm like, and you too should follow that. Mm. Right. That always, that always when people kind of have the attitude towards religion where it's like, how could I, how could I possibly know? I'm always reminded of the end of the uh, Narnia books, which I know are your favorite books. Oh boy. Which like, Whoa. to be fair, <laughs> problematic, but, um, but did- by the way, not my, my, like sarcasm sent city. If for those who don't understand what, no, I would not say Narnia are my favorite books. Oh, yeah. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, I don't want to make that clear to everyone because they are so laced in religious yeah. allegory. That, religious not, allegory. It's not even allegory at that point. No, it's like no. Fully it's like, like, like Lewis was like, obviously, like this and this is my allegory for Christianity. Yeah. But like the racism. Oh, so racist. But um, I, I'm always reminded of the end of it where they're 
they're separating all the people by good and bad based on whether they worshipped Aslan or not. Yep. Obviously, the stand-in for Jesus. But um, there's like the handful of people who were the allegory for Islam who worshipped Tash. And, and they're like, well, how come this one guy who was from Tashman is being led in with all the Narnian people? And then Aslan's line is like, um, he, he just knew me by a different name but it was still me that he was worshiping. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like if it's, if you're, let me elaborate on that one. Yes. Yeah. Because the, the last battle, woo, I do not recommend. Oh, <laughs> it is wild. And it's like not, it like, isn't even like a fun read. Like when you get to like the seventh book yeah, of, a real, of a good series, when you're a kid, you're like excited for what's going to happen. And then you're like, this is boring. Yeah. And yeah, racist. What I agree about it is like, it's like there are so many religions around the world that like are just as, you know, longstanding as the next one. Mm-hmm. And all have like 90% of the commandments of any religion are all identical. So why? They're the same. It's the same. You just had a different word for it. And that's my rant. Are you, is that, did you get that out of your system? Did I get it out <laughs> of my system? You were on a very good rant. Is there Sorry, else you want to did say? we have a, a really lovely conversation about religion and about, and about our faith and how we understand the world in the context of a higher power? Did I get that out of my system? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's out. What's next? No, please ask me a question. Let's move on. I don't often see you get like really into conversations like that. So it was fun. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me not to do it again. Yeah. For the rest of the for the rest Whoa. of the episode, you're just gonna be like nodding. Yeah. Yeah. No, you start talking now. Yeah. No. Um, it's out of my system. I have nothing left to say. <laughs> um, I do think in the in the in the musical, a lot of Usher's reservations with turning his back on God, as he says, is his parents are obviously still very religious. Mm, and and mm. his mother has moments where she's like, you know, come to church or we can, you know, like like we can pray. We can pray for you. So you, essentially the lifestyle he's chosen, mm. queerness, is not, you know, in their belief system. And that's something I connected with, mm. obviously, a lot. Not that that's my current predicament, but it's, we face that as right. queer people, right? I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We've really enjoyed talking to you about the books today. Um, we just want to take this moment to let you know about Audible. Really fantastic service where you can actually listen to books. You don't have to read. How cool is that? If you go to theosbookclub.com slash audible, that's theosbookclub.com slash A-U-D-I-B-L-E. You can start a free trial today. And the best part is you'll get to download a book and keep that one for free. So after you've heard it, you can hear it again whenever you want. Audible. Noise. And one of my other favorite parts of the show, which really affected me and my mom as well, who saw the show with me, was um, at one point, because, you know, it's strange, like we're watching the the other six ensemble members of the show, ensemble, I use it loosely, are thoughts in Usher's head. So they're kind of like playing different roles in people in Usher's life. So the character, you know. I really wish in this moment I could think of six Usher songs, <laughs> but if <laughs> there's not a single one in there, uh, I was gonna yeah. be like, oh, that's this Usher, but I can't think of a single song. And I think that's beneficial for us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, no, but anyways, so th- there's a moment where the the mother says, like, why do you hate us? That you're portraying us this way in your show. Mm. And he says, like, I don't hate you. I'm doing this because I love you. Right. And that was like, and how does like, oh. And how does he portray them? Uh, genuinely. Like, it's things yeah. that I'm sh- sure, you know, queer people's parents have said to them. Right. Like, it's just very, like, it's not. It's just like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like, this, yeah. you know, I still love you and you do say harmful things to me. And they're yeah. not. And again, I think that's the thing. I think maybe straight people watching the show are like, that's so awful. And queer people are like, nope, that's just that's the reality. The and we still love you. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're doing yeah. this because we love you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are highlighting <laughs> harmful things you've said, mm. but we don't want to let that go because mm-hmm. we do still love you. Right. You're still our parents. We still have some connection with you. Yeah. There's an interesting. uh I don't know what the word is, burden maybe that mm-hmm. queer folks has, where it's like, like everyone has to educate their parents to a certain extent about yeah. the way they were harmed as a kid. Yeah, because your parents don't know what they're doing. No one knows what they're right. doing, and they were a kid when they were raising you. Like if your kids had you, or yeah. if your parents had you in their like early thirties, like I think about. I was four when my mom was my age. Early 30s. What about mid-20s? Uh, That's even... Less yeah. Of, uh, uh, children. But... So, like, everyone has that moment with their parents where they're like, well, this is this is how you messed up and this right. is how it's manifesting in my life now. But then queer people have that added layer of, like, we're going to have this parent-kid conversation, but the extra element is that me educating you is also going to save someone else's right. life a generation or two or three down the line yeah. because you're changing a whole society. You're not just being like, you hurt me. You said a bad word. Yeah. And I mean, it's completely valid to also not want a relationship with your parents if they are like actually harmful or abusive to you. Mm. But I think that's the difference is if we're talking about it, if it's not because we hate you, if I hated you, we, I would not bring it up. Oh, I would be, I'd like, be out the door. Yeah, I have I have no relationship with my parents. I'm not talking about it. I would if lose I'm your like, phone number. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm writing about it, if I'm working through it, it's because I love you. Yeah. And I think that's the whole, and like, it's something that I think queer people inherently understand about the show, mm. which I did. The second mm. happened, I was like, even before Usher said the line, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, he does not hate you. No, we would not no, be no, watching no. this scene in this musical if if he hated you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That I, I immediately, I was like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But some people don't. True. Some people don't. Some I feel like a lot of you know straight people and straight parents are like, what an awful depiction of of his parents. I'm sure people have said that. Right. And it's like you don't get it. If he did not like them, this scene would not be here. We would not talk about it. We would simply say, I have no relationship with my parents, and we'd move on. Right. That's how I see it, at least. That's what I took away as a queer person. That's what I took away. A lot of the show too obviously deals with racism and race. Mm-hmm. It, it's an all black musical, and it really did open my eyes to things I just don't have to think about. Even in the dating scene, right? Like uh, the queer dating scene is awful, but I don't have to deal with like race play or racism, mm. which is depicted in the show as well. When Usher's talking about like talking to people on like Grinder and Tinder, and I'm like, yep, 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 I've experienced that. And then, but obviously it stops with me at the racism. That's right. something I've never had to think about. Right. And watching it is very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. You know? And they also address his other positive traits like fat phobia. One of my producers just said, uh, again, like fat phobia is off, uh, also addressed. Yeah, one of our producers. This <laughs> okay. is really professional and we're very fucking cool. Uh. Anyway, you were saying fat? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fat. Who is she? I don't know her. That's a joke. 
I just made sorry, sorry, as we were talking about this, I just it made me think of that Trixie Mattel line where she always calls herself a skinny legend. And I think it's such a funny thing to say, but also I don't want to say it because I don't want somebody who doesn't have the context of that to be like, well, that's kind of like a weird fat phobic thing to say, but like I think it's such a funny phrase. Skinny legend. Skinny legend. Anyway, you can keep this in, you can cut it, I don't care. So maybe... Oh, I'm fat. <laughs> That's for people listening. For people listening watching. at home and not watching, I'm actually quite fat. Um, I can I can give you the rundown. Uh, 245 as of yesterday. That's LB's, my guy. Um, she's like a size 18-20. So small fat on the scale, if we're like talking about it. For those listening, skinny legend. <laughs> Dead. And that's no. on internalized fat phobia. Yeah. That's a different podcast. <laughs> wink, wink. You can follow yeah. everybody on stage. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing I want to talk about in terms of like the race discussed in the show is also the like um, the broken art system and people of color being, you know, mm. famously mm. overlooked for Right. Like how any BTS did not win the Grammy, even though, <laughs> uh, excuse me. Anyway. We've made it to BTS. It only... It took a lot more time than I thought it would before we got to BTS. Right. So to loop back. <gasps> see what I did there? Wow. Um, one of my favorite lyrics in the show. I will read it. Is plus critics clinically deny us than deny implicit bias with their vanity supported by a system that's distorted. Uh, that is a toit rhyme. It's incredible. The rhyme's incredible. The, Wait, can I, mean, I see it? Can I context, see it? Yeah. I want to look at the letters. Scarlett's about to read everyone. You didn't think I could. This is rare. I'm going to do it silently in my head, which is... Did you just say you're going to look at the letters? (laughs) (laughs) Took a moment to sink in there. I wanted to see them all sort of together. I wanted the visual of it. Yeah. And then I was about to read it silently in my head on a podcast. (laughs) I will do that now. Denias and bias. That is... Oh, that is gorge. It's incredible. That's... That should win a Pulitzer. Yeah. It did. I'll call. Let's call. Let's beep, beep, beep. Hi, Hello, Pulitzer. Mr. Pulitzer. Sorry, that was so sexist of me. Ms. Pulitzer. <laughs> We're just covering all the bases today. We all have a lot of internalized things that we need to work through. We're going to have no <laughs> themes left for any other episode ever. We've done everything in this one. We fixed all the problems. We, fi- we fixed them in today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Um, Two cisgendered white people. <laughs> we fixed fix them. Everything, yeah. Yikes. No. Um, so I think that, yeah, the most the most important part of the show for me was I could connect to its queerness. Mm. And then there's a whole other layer of things that I never even had to think about. You did and some learning. I did. I definitely did some learning. And I think that's, you know, I think that's important that we always have room to grow. Yeah. Right. I I I I try my best to be anti-racist, mm. and I'm not going to sit here and say I don't have no room to grow or room to learn. I I know you mean a n t i, but in my head, I heard like anti-racist. <laughs> that's like, something A-U-N-T-I. that's different. and um, that's probably a sign that we should wrap up because yeah, that means you're going. My brain. Yeah. My brain. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I hope you. I hope so. I guess just to finish off here. You get one more shot. Oh. To tell me what the show's about, Scarlett. And again, you get two options. This is the same show. Okay. Okay. At the looking at the playbill with the silhouette of the yep. person's head and mm-hmm. the six people, I now know that those are the like other those are the thoughts. The thoughts you got. And it. that makes sense that it's sort of superimposed onto their head. Mm-hmm. Um 
still no plot to be found here. I mean, it's a logo. It's a lo- It's a logo. It's not a cover. So let's go to the book. Okay. And now understanding that the meta theatrical aspect of the show, the cover makes so much more sense. Um. So, what's the question? Uh, the plot. Oh, the plot that we've been talking about. Oh, David Usher. <laughs> no. It's- <laughs> His name's sorry. His name's not David. Oh, Usher is writing a play while ushering a play musical, <laughs> and you're watching the musical that he's writing, and it's called The Lion King. Yeah, that's it. The twist is that Walt he is Disney's writing The, the Lion, Lion King. King. You're right. You got it. Nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, I can read. <laughs> Yeah, that is our sign to finish. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. Please check out A Strange Loop by Michael R. Jackson. Listen to the Broadway cast recording and the off-Broadway cast recording. Is it still on Broadway? Can you still go see you it? You can also go see it on Broadway. Wow. If you're in New York, it's still there. It's incredible. It won the 2022 Best Musical at the Tony Awards. I heard RuPaul was there. <laughs> RuPaul was there, yes. Neat. Neat. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Gia's Book Club is executive produced by Greg Crothers for everybody on stage. This episode is written by Robert Popoli and Chelsea Jane Bray. Our producer is Denise Niles with production assistance by Alicia Tablin, directed by Greg Crothers. Our theme song is written and performed by Robert Popoli and mixed and mastered by Rob Russo. Gia's Book Club.com. 